Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. We are so excited to bring you some of our top-rated doses from our second show, Morning Microdose. With the holidays and the end of the year, things can feel really overwhelming, which is why we wanted to give you some extra support and inspiration to take with you into 2024. Our intention with Morning Microdose is to support you in starting your day off right. We curate our longer form, almost 30 episodes to create five to 10 minute episodes. Whether it's receiving a piece of advice on relationships, tools for your health and wellness practices, the extra inspo you didn't know you needed, or a dose of levity, our hope is that after you listen, you feel more grounded and ready to take on the day ahead. Welcome to this daily dose of Morning Microdose. This is from episode 197, Don't Live for Anyone's Approval. This is a daily dose with Sahara Rose. Sahara Rose, a friend of almost 30, has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation in the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra. She's written many books and she hosts the Highest Self podcast. In this episode, we talk about cancel culture, the modern day witch trials, we talk about the internet, and we talk about Sahara's family life. Enjoy this daily dose. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervin has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and um, It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time 
right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. for me, it was just like this gradual remembrance. I don't think that finding your purpose or your truth is something It's just like, I mean, for some people, it's like a plant medicine ceremony and just happens. And for me, it was this gradual, like, you know, okay, I'm going to show up this way. Am I safe? Am I, I'm going to show up this way. Am I safe? Am I held? Am I received? And, you know, for me, it was the journey of coming back to yoga. That was really like what brought me back home to spirituality because yoga was more accessible. Like I could go to yoga classes. And then from the yoga classes, I wanted to go to Kirtan from Kirtan, I wanted to learn about, you know, everything Vedic wisdom. And from that, you know, Ayurveda and living in India and all of that stuff. But it brought me exactly back to where I was, which was this like creative, ritualistic, you know, free spirit. And now I realized that I needed to go through those different initiations to really, you know, I think all of us were actually witches that were burned at the stake at some point. So we needed to go through it again in this lifetime and realize, you know what, despite that happening to me, I'm still safe and I can be my magical self. Mm. I think there was the same astrological influences as there was during the Salem witch trials a month or so ago. And I remember being with Aaron and I was like, I'm feeling, I was really feeling it. I was like, wow, I do not feel okay, I feel like the truth is a burden. And I was thinking of all the truths that I perceived to know. And I was like, wow, it doesn't feel good to know this. It feels like an outsider. Mm. It's like, I feel like an outsider with all this information. And it, it just felt really profound. I was like, oh, wow, this is really happening. I mean, what's cancel culture? It's literally modern day witch trials. It's we as a collective don't agree with you. So we're going to tear you down. And who's it happening to? Woman. Who's doing it? Woman, you know, like this is exactly what the patriarchy wanted. This is where the sister wound, which we were talking mm-hmm, about yes. recently comes from. It's, it's other women teaming up against other women because they think then that will make me safe. So if I find your flaw or something you did that we think is off, or maybe even was off, Mm -hmm. you know, but it will make me safe to be on this team. That's not you. Mm. So we're going through this modern day witch trial and you know, there's so much to say about cancel culture and what's happening in the world. And yeah, there are a lot of like messed up things that people in the mainstream media are doing. And there are things that should be called out and looked at and observed. However, question, are you just teaming up to be on the side because you feel like if I don't point my finger at you, then someone will point the finger at me. Well, there's something deeper to look at there. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of these tactics in that way are like literally just to walk us as far away from ourselves as possible, you know? And like, to your point, it would be so much more powerful if we could sit in observance and and in like conversation more so, but it, it's so one-sided, especially on the internet. It's like who talks louder so that the mm-hmm. other person can't be heard. Have you experienced that just in life? Like not necessarily on social media, but just in life where you felt like there were opinions or voices or expectations of you that were much louder and you felt kind of that weight of, I can't be 
I can't be fully expressive of, of who I am. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that was such a part of my journey of finding my purpose of my, it, for me, it was my own family, my own parents. And, you know, my mom was a refugee. She fled the Iranian revolution. She left when the borders were closed, literally hitchhiked her way to Europe and came as a refugee to the United States. So her life was focused on survival. So that's why I feel so much for the people crossing the borders because those kids, that's me, you know? someone who came to this country wanting a better life. My dad came as an immigrant and he got a scholarship to MIT. And it was like, if I can just be smart and successful, then I'll make it. So, you know, growing up, it was all about like, how do you fit in? How do you survive? How do you make it? We made it in America. Woo, everything's great. Like we, we did it. We're good. It, this is enough. And, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy, we can see that once you've achieved one level of, you know, survival is safe. Now let me go to the next the next chakra of like, now I'm going to reach for self-actualization and I'm going to ask my purpose mm. and I'm going to ask what else is out there. So they didn't really understand why I was doing that. And I was given so many opportunities to be raised in this country and I wanted more. So that was seen as me being selfish, as me not caring about them, as me taking them for granted. And then eventually when I decided that I wasn't going to get, you know, a normal job and I was going to write this book on Ayurveda, which they thought was insane. I didn't have a book deal. I wasn't making any money doing it. I was just like health coaching on the side, making like, you know, $200 a month. I lived in a hut in India that cost me $3 a night. Like they thought I was batshit crazy. And they were like, we struggled so much for you to do this. Like, and then, it, you know, when parents want to protect you, they'll say anything that they can. So especially my dad was very like, you are a disgrace to the family. You are a failure. You're a loser. You're the scum of the earth. Like whatever he could say to just like, wake me up. So he thought the more, the more intense it would get, I don't know, I would be like, oh shit, I am a failure. Let me become a real estate agent, you know, which was what he, he wanted me to do, which is just imagine me as a real estate agent. <laughs> you probably you it. Yeah. You I'd be like, I live in a $3 hut in India, but like yeah, buy this property. So, <laughs> so, but the thing is, it wasn't like, I was like, screw you guys. I am strong. Like I was like, oh my God, are they right? Like in front of them, I would be like, no, I'm going to make it. And then I would go behind closed doors of like, oh shit, maybe I am going to be a starving artist. Maybe I am going to end up homeless. Maybe I think I'm someone special and I'm not. And I was really confused because I felt like having your purpose is like the Santa Claus story that like they tell you as a kid of like, follow your dreams. And then you do it. They're like, wait, you believe that? <laughs> you were supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wait, have I just been told this entire lie? And I remember probably the worst fight with my dad. He was just mm -hmm. yelling at me. And I went downstairs to my childhood room, where had, which had like all of my toys and stuff. And, you know, at that point I was like 23 or 24 years old. So just like going, you know, when you go back to your childhood room and you're just like, this is so different than how I remembered. And I was like looking at all the toys. I was like, this was all a lie. Like, why did they, why did they raise me and tell me all of these things? And then here I am trying to be me and I'm a disgrace to them. And I was just crying, sobbing, mm. like on my knees moment, just like crying into the ground. And then I felt this feeling of numbness, just nothing. And at that, re at that moment, I realized, you know what, if I'm dead to them, if they don't want me in their life, then I'm going to be free and I don't need their approval anymore. And I call that that moment that I became unfuckwithable because I realized then that I didn't have to live for anyone else's approval and what a constant tie that was. And I realized throughout my entire life, I got a good grade. Are you proud of me? I did this. Are you proud of me? Are you happy? Did I get your gold star? Did I get your approval? 
And then the one, you know, the, the two people that I wanted their approval of the most to, to have it the least, I was just like, then fuck this. I'm not trying anymore. So I told them that I'm going back to India. They were just like, what? Like in disbelief. And I went and I stayed there for the next year. And those were the moments of time that I no longer had the guilt. Cause before that I was going and I had guilt. I had, should I be here? Should I not? Like, is this just like a temporary thing that I'm doing? Like, is the spirituality just like a hobby, but then I have to go back to normal life. And after that, I was like, Nope, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I had to get the strength to finally follow my purpose. I think for a lot of us, we, we want to live our purpose. We want to share our gifts. We want to share, but we don't have the strength. So just because you were born with a purpose, with a Dharma, it doesn't mean that you're going to embody it. And I needed to go through that experience of being strong enough to stand in front of the people whose, whose opinions I wanted the most and had the least to now, okay, if you don't like me on Instagram, I don't give a fuck, you know, like I I've stood this, that it doesn't matter anymore. And now, you know, seven years after that, and this, you know, this Thanksgiving was a very, a very healing and closing one because Mm. I had to then share this story and share it publicly, share it in a book that I knew they were going to read. And that was just so, so difficult because you have your story to share, but then when your story involves someone else, someone else whose whole life has been based off of privacy, who has been based off of keeping up with the Joneses or the Habibis in in my case, but, (laughs) but trying to make it look like you made it. And then someone's out there sharing like all of these ways that you have not, it's confronting. And it was this huge battle of like, how much do I share? How much do I not share? And eventually realizing that I would never be satisfied with this book if I don't share the harder part of the journey. So yeah, this weekend was the confrontation of that, but I had to actually write it in the book and not ask, can I write this or not? Because I knew they'd say no. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it would end up being a whole other year of us not talking. Mm. So I was like, it's in the book. This is my truth. I, I wrote it as too perspective as I could, like throughout the, I don't know if you've read that part of the story yet, but I kept adding, like, they were afraid of my life. They wanted to protect me. Like I understand why they did it from this higher perspective now. And this is what happened. Thank you so much for tuning into morning microdose by almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.